This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ping.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Halton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV, radio, terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of podcast downloads. So once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. And it never feels like it's just bombed. It's it's an interesting feeling to take a, a very positive sense from something that could be perceived as negative mm-hmm. uh, because I, I refuse to get frustrated in, in composing or in music or anything. It's all, uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a challenge always. And, um, and yet it is such a gift. There's music is astonishingly spiritual for those of us that understand it. And I believe mm-hmm. you do. I do. That, that there's, it is not just entertainment. Sure, it can be entertaining, but uh, it is it is such a way of connecting with very specific kinds of vibrations and very specific kinds of emotions and uh, things that completely transcend the ability of words to describe. Um, and that makes it different from everything. That feels like tapping into something that's just magnificent, tapping into the everything. Mm-hmm. I, I think about this too, um, that uh, when I was a kid, dragged kicking and screaming into piano lessons, <laughs> because, because that's the way it works, right? You're going to church, you're going to school, you're going to piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a, just an astonishing focus on technique, and uh, there still is in many methods of teaching piano and any other instrument that it's all about the technique to the point of never talking about the music. Like, mm-hmm. what, does, what does it make you feel? And um, I was thinking the other day that when I was a kid, um, who in an era when children were supposed to be seen and not heard, and not particularly seen either, mm-hmm. uh, just go away, be quiet, shut up, and I don't want to hear anything about what you're thinking. It never occurred to me to talk about what music made me feel. And out of, you know, some of the dreariest music I ever heard came uh, came along the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven. And 
And it was the first time I remember hearing music that really moved me. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like no music ever had before. And in thinking about that recently, I thought, that's Beethoven from hundreds of years ago, reaching across the centuries and touching me directly with mm-hmm. what he was feeling in that moment. And that's just amazing. That translates like Shakespeare can't. Yes. Like, wor- words can only give you so much, but when it's music in the hands of somebody who understands the music and they play the music the way it was felt when it was written, mm-hmm. that is a kind of communication and a kind of tapping into the spiritual that is just not found anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And Beautiful. so, I, yeah, so I take it very seriously, uh, although it's a lot of fun. I love playing. I love playing live. I it's not like I wander around like some sort of musical monk and everything is terribly serious <laughs> all the time. I, I'm actually kind of a fun guy once you get to know me. Yeah, so you have a wicked sense of humor and you understand mine, so I just love that and oh, appreciate God, that. I love you. You are so twisted and uh, <laughs> you make me laugh all the time. You are awesome. Um, well, let me let me ask you this then, John, because uh, for those of us who can appreciate music but don't share your talent, don't cha- uh, share your skill or your level of expertise, uh, but certainly derive the benefits of it for, once again, I'm grateful. I, I appreciate what other people share and bring to the collective that we all equally get to enjoy and to learn and expand uh, upon. Um, but for you as the person who is creating a piece, a song, what is the barometer within your own creativity or storytelling through lyrically the song composition or the notes that you choose to use to uh, bring that story to life within your song? What is the barometer for you of knowing, okay, that's it. I don't need to go any further. I don't need to edit this anymore. I don't need to tweak anything. What is it? Is it, you know, you, uh, you cry at your own music, mm. and, and that's when you know you've been touched. Therefore, other people likely are inclined to be touched. How do you know when to, to turn it off or when it's done? That's a great question, and it's one that um, no matter what art you're in, uh, it's it's one that plagues all of us, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're a writer or a painter or whatever, is when do you know that you need to put the brush down and to step back from the canvas, mm-hmm. which is how I think about uh, almost anything to do in music, whether I'm writing or producing or arranging or uh, anything, is uh, there is a point that I describe to myself this way. It's I have now put myself into this to the extent that I can make it different, but I can't make it any better. Mm-hmm. And that's when I put the brush down. Um, because different for the sake of being different isn't... Um, terribly interesting to me to to get it to, to to say everything as well as I'm capable of saying it is uh, is the important thing and changing the grammar slightly is not worth it, it's not it's not what it is it's what is the sense of what I'm playing what is the uh, uh, what is it finished yeah it's finished when I know that I'm not going to make it any better and then i mm-hmm. step away from it but then here's the hard thing about songs or anything else 
uh, and you would know this as a writer, is once you send it out there in the world, it's like sending your kid out. Mm-hmm. Because people are going to look at it, and they're going to judge it, and they're going to um, like it or not like it or be indifferent or will say, that is the worst song I've ever heard. <laughs> and it, honestly, because I've done that, I've listened to music and said, oh my God, this is a piece of crap. Right. And, but generally it's because it actually is a piece of crap. Um, but if somebody listens to my stuff and they, they're indifferent or they say it's a piece of crap, I have to let it go. Mm-hmm. Uh, their opinion cannot affect how I feel about what I have put into doing it. Bingo. Um, and um, so that's, that's an important thing to know is that once it's out of your hands, once it's out there, it's gone. And it has its own life. And like any kid, it's going to find its way through life or it's going to fall on its face or it's going to do what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I suppose well, that answered that question. Yeah. It, absolutely. Okay. So let me ask you this. What was the motivation, the inspiration the epiphany, the cathartic moment, the aha moment for birthing both Reverie and your more recent latest CD, which I want to talk more specifically about, The Persistence of Trees. Yeah, um, Reverie was, I, I was kind of reluctant to even do that, but um, there were people that felt that I ought to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had heard some of my um, instrumental compositions and uh, some of my adaptations of other things that I did just for fun. I wasn't doing them for any any particular reason other than to just see. Guitar is an interesting instrument in that it has real limitations in that you can only play six notes at a time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, all I'm playing is four notes at a time. And to be able to convey a whole piece of music with four notes at a time is an interesting challenge to make it sound authentic. Um, okay, and now I've lost my train of thought. So um, there I was. Oh, I had, I know, it, there. I had decided I was going to <clears throat> um, take one of my pieces and submit it to Borealis Records for an album called Six Strings North of the Border, mm-hmm. which was a compilation of Canadian fingerstyle guitarists. And it was accepted. And that was the first thing I ever did, ever, that was something that I wrote that went out under my name on a record and was released with me performing it. Beautiful. And that was that was an amazing moment because I've, I've, I've worked on hundreds and hundreds of songs. I've written a lot of songs that have been recorded by other people. <clears throat> and... Um, this was the first thing that was ever just me. Mm-hmm. Um, so naturally, I did nothing about that for years and years. But when it came to the new record, The Persistence of Trees, this was you inspiring me. Um, wow. and, I should, and I should probably back up just a bit. Uh, I know one of the questions you often ask on this program, because I've listened to an awful lot of episodes, and they're amazing, um, one of the questions you often ask is, what does living fearlessly mean to you? Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to anticipate you asking me that and answer anyway. Um, I think for me, it was fear of being me mm-hmm. was at the root of everything. Just the fear of actually being myself, um, the fear of 
not being good enough or smart enough or talented enough or tall enough or anything enough, not being able to be me in this world and mm -hmm. have that be okay. Um, getting rid of the the veneers that we that I tend to put on uh, as an introvert um, that I think a lot of people put on is a way of trying to be more acceptable in this world by trying to be something instead of being something. Love that. Yeah, and so that's what that's what I got from you after years of following you and all sorts of media was was understanding that about me. And from that, every other fear grows when you're afraid of who you are. Mm -hmm. Everything, I think, is based on that fear. Um, and let me see, back in the spring, uh, I made a bold declaration uh, that I was going to compose another album and record it and release it and appear on this show. And I, I made a... I stated my intentions publicly, much in the way that you do. Mm -hmm. Here are my intentions. This is what I'm going to do. And as soon as I had done that, I thought, what have I done? <laughs> and I can't do that. And I thought, I've got nothing. I have no songs. I've got nothing. I, and, and what on earth made me do that? But, but in stating my intentions publicly and especially to myself, I, I've been holding myself accountable to that mm -hmm. and putting in, I don't know how many hundreds of hours on, on working on this. Um, um, the, which actually ties into the theme of, um, of this album, which is the persistence of trees, which may seem like an awfully vague sort of title for anything, but, uh, I try to understand nature, the universe, everything based on uh, starting with the really simple things that are right around me. Mm -hmm. And even those are astonishing and baffling and, and, and amaze me every day. And trees are one of those things that they, um, trees are so incredibly individual, but they grow from seeds that are pretty identical. Mm -hmm. uh, and more importantly, um, they don't give up ever. Right. They just they just will not give up. Um, I I I think about some of the things that I've seen driving through um, on the highways here, where there are deep rock cuts, where I see trees that where a seed has landed in a crack in the rock, mm -hmm. and there's nothing there. There it's nothing for the seed to grow on. But it says, I'm not quitting. Mm -hmm. And it finds whatever dregs of moisture and whatever bits of dust it can. And it starts growing and it takes root and it doesn't quit. And I think there is, there is a lesson in that. In that where there is the possibility of life, where there's the possibility of success, no matter how remote those things may be, you don't give up. Mm -hmm. Giving up, quitting is not an option, your quote. Absolutely. Well, and, a few, sorry, go ahead, John. No, no, that's fine. Well, a few things I just want to speak to that. So one, I'm deeply honored. I'm deeply touched. I'm deeply humbled, um, truly, because you're always saying publicly and privately 
to the degree that you feel inspired by me. But I'm telling you, I mean, you put yourself out there. And I, I see the people who originally initially were, you know, you want to call it followers of mine or fan base or whatnot. Um, but people see your soul. You know, you are always gracious writing your feedback, your insights, your takeaways from my newsletters, my feature articles, the guests who I showcased. And you speak so eloquently. You write, you're a beautiful writer. Uh, I love your mind. I love your spirit. And so I want to thank you because I receive and derive so much inspiration from you. Um, and other people, because you have vulnerably chosen to put yourself out there, you're resonating with like-minded people, people who see your heart, people who see your soul, people who appreciate your, your thoughts of wisdom. Um, and you've been very candid with a lot of things in terms of your own adversity and, and hardships and the things that are part of your daily reality and how you step up for your family, uh, when things are not always easy. And, um, so when I look upon the title of your album, The Persistence of Trees, I think really that's just a metaphor for how I would look upon you as a human being. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. That's, um, again, being slightly overwhelmed here. Okay, I'm back. Um, <laughs> no, that's, that's, well, thank you. Thank you very much for that. Um, well, it's my truth. It's, and it's my truth, too. Um, mm -hmm. And there, to be of service in this world means a lot of different things to a lot of people. And uh, uh, i just like to say that one of the things that is part of my DNA and how I work is to treat every individual I meet like a person. Mm -hmm. And I will especially point out that anybody who wears a uniform, who works in a store, works in a Walmart, works in a McDonald's, whatever get dumped on so much mm -hmm. they they aren't even seen as people they're seen as the the blue smock and it says hi my name is wendy can i help you mm -hmm. uh instead of it being a person and i talk to all those people all the time i make mm -hmm. them laugh i make them smile i make them know that they are seen as a person and um that's really easy for me and i'm, I'm mentioning that only because um I would hope that anybody listening to this might consider that the next time they're dealing with somebody who who is working in a store or working in a restaurant that that they are actual people with with real lives that the go in in the morning and leave in the evening and they have feelings and they have families yes. and they have and uh, that's an important thing to me to to be a decent human being always. Um, Which you are. You embody that wholeheartedly. And I think anybody who has the honor and the privilege in whatever capacity or forum to get a taste of who you are, John, that shines through uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, thank you so much. Um, oh, okay. I was deliberately trying to not think of anything um, to say on this show because you, you're such a marvelous interviewer. But there was one thing that I did want to get across at some point, and um, it, it was likely something you were going to ask anyway. And it, uh, it has to do with gratitude, yes. which, which is the other thing which is absolutely fundamental to who I am now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and 
in its epiphany, in its pardon, in, in its origin, um, it started when um, when I was first beset. Oh, and I just want to preface all this by saying I love my life. My life is fantastic. I love being me. Uh, I'm certainly not everybody's cup of tea. Hardly anybody would want my life, I'm sure. But I like what it is. And awesome. I like being me. Um, and I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. I would change nothing that's ever happened to me or or nothing of my reality. And I'm grateful for all of it. And that is so hard for people to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, how can you be grateful for chronic pain? And... Um, I will say that when I was first hit with, um, with, with daily bouts of savage sciatic pain, that would absolutely floor me for, uh, it took me an hour to even be able to move downstairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then every, every day was measured in terms of how much is it going to hurt to get from here to there? Um, how many steps does it take to get from where I'm sitting and and how much agony is going to be involved in that? And this is before I was able to get any effective pain treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I take hardly any medication, by the way. I take the, the barest possible minimum and of the stuff that's the least injurious because I don't like to have my mind fogged. At any rate, there was a day where I was waking up and dreading getting out of bed again because for the umpteenth day in a row I knew it was just going to be um, savagely painful to get out of bed and uh, I'd just be instantly knocked to the floor and I'd have to do all sorts of stretches just to be able to hobble downstairs and I thought I can't live in dread like this mm-hmm. I can't I can't live fearing getting up I can't live um feeling like I am limited in everything I can do. I can't live feeling that I'm lesser than, Mm -hmm. that I'm incomplete somehow because of all of this. And I thought very deliberately, I need to start right now. I need to think about things that I'm grateful for. And it started out really simply. I'm grateful for the sunshine coming through the window. I'm grateful for the sound of wind in the leaves. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the sound of the river across the road. Um, I'm grateful for how good coffee is going to taste when I get downstairs. And <laughs> we both love our coffee, don't yes, we? Yes, we do. <laughs> um, and so I, that, I, I wish I could remember what day it was, but that I started consciously thinking about what I was grateful for. And that grew. Every day it grew. The list would grow. Um, And it made dealing with the constant pain a thousand times easier. Mm -hmm. Um, And at some point, and again, I don't have a date for this, but there was was a day I woke up and I just felt grateful, period. Mm -hmm. Just without having to go into anything specific, like I'm grateful for this or that. It was just, I am grateful. And that is how I have felt ever since then. And I'm not sure how many years it's been, maybe eight or nine years of just feeling that way all the time, no matter how difficult things are, um, is I am grateful for all of it. Mm -hmm. And in a weird way, um, and you would get this, 
I am grateful to chronic pain mm-hmm. for having taught me how to be grateful for everything. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. And you're, and you're very correct in saying that a lot of people who have not committed themselves to doing the inner work or seeing the blessing as opposed to the curse or the problem as opposed to the solution, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's very difficult for people to get into the mindset of understanding when you and I have talked openly as we are here today, John, you know, mm-hmm. for people who are aware of my backstory and, uh, you know, do I wish that upon anybody else? No. Do I wish pain on any level for any individualized type of specific experience or circumstance to ever be the reality or experience for anybody? Absolutely not. But you and I both know as a result of our own individually unique hardships, that's what cultivates uh, the underlying appreciation. That's where we go, okay, now we can distinguish through contrast the difference between a good day or perceivably a bad day. And if you don't have those contrasts, you can't really be fully engulfed in what it means to be grateful. And it also defines who our character is, which defines our integrity, which defines our individual choices, because everything, and you and I are very in sync on this one, is that it's a choice. And Mm -hmm. so had you not gone through your own hardships, John, uh, you probably wouldn't be the the empathetic, nurturing, beacon of light, uh, inspiring, humble individual that you are. I believe that. I believe that of myself. I believe that of anybody who understands pain and, and adversity, but rather than using it to take them down into the abyss or remain in that sphere of victimology, it's like, no, mm-hmm. I know I'm not the only one who is grappling with stuff. So how can I make this work for me? And how can I make it work for me in such a way I can thereby be instrumental in elevating other people? Call it elevating the consciousness level, uh, you know, the the whole aspect of what is gratitude, how to be in the constant state of gratitude, and the list goes on. I mean, we could talk about this on its own forever and ever and oh, ever yeah. and ever. Um, so I, I, when you say what you say, I get it. And you know I get it. I know you do. Um, and yeah, the, to just underscore what you said, it's a choice. Um, yes. There are, things are a choice. Um uh, and that's that's one of your points that you've mentioned over and over and over again. And um, and it is. Everything's a choice. And I don't mm-hmm. think uh, I've ever heard the concept of choice said more clearly than uh, Dave Peltzer. Yes. Who, who talked about being happy. Uh, and there's somebody that comes through, that came through a life that's just beyond Anybody's ability to 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 even start to to understand what it's like, except on the most superficial level, and there is one of the most remarkable people mm-hmm. uh, that I've ever listened to, um, and he says it's a choice. Being mm-hmm. happy is a choice. Mm-hmm. Be happy, and uh, I know he had a story about my dad was mean to me sixty two years ago. Yeah, well, get over it. Be mm-hmm. happy. It's a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and it sounds so simple, and it's so true because it is so simple. Just mm-hmm. like um, living fearlessly sounds simple, mm-hmm. and it kind of can be if you're willing to put the work into it. And uh, yes, 
Um, but it's, it, it doesn't come automatically. And being happy is the same kind of thing. You can't just say, fine, I'm happy. You have to choose to be happy, understand how you're going to be happy, and then take the steps to get there. Mm-hmm. Which is, again, something I learned from you, the solution-based thinking. Which is, uh, there's so many things that you teach that I have learned. Um, and it's just been... A, a, astonishing to me how much my life has changed for the better in the last uh say five years thank you john uh, um it's just and i the, and one of the one of the other interesting things is i look at my previous life and i don't regret anything mm-hmm. like like nothing i mean there are things that yeah i wish i hadn't done that but guess what mm-hmm. i did so i can i can either dwell on that or i can Take it as a lesson and move on, which is what I've done. Take it as a lesson, move on. Take things that have been done to me as lessons, move on. Um, Take it all. It's a a lesson or it's a blessing or it's a teaching moment or something, but it's always something. Mm -hmm. And here we are getting to draw breath again today. Yes. And I think, wow, that's, um, that's amazing. We are not only not promised tomorrow, we're not promised later today. That's there's, right. There, there's no guarantees of anything. And so that's, you know, again, very simply, that's one of the things I'm so grateful for when I get up in the morning is I get to breathe again. Mm-hmm. I get to stand up on my own feet and walk downstairs and make coffee again with the coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I, actually, I'm just finishing a coffee now. Um, my viciously strong coffee. Um and I get to do that, and that that is just, it tickles me like crazy every day that I get to do this again. I get to stand on my own feet, and uh, I'm usually up really early, like 5, 5.30, not quite as early as you, but, <laughs> uh, and I go outside, and it's dark, and, uh, and I think it's going to be dawn soon, and, um, and I think, isn't this amazing that I get to be here now and experience this and be in this world? Uh, mm-hmm. It's just it's just the gift that doesn't last forever. And I have no idea what happens next. Um, no idea for sure. I've got some thoughts. Mm-hmm. But it's more like, um, more like caterpillars imagining that they're going to be butterflies or butterflies remembering that they used to be caterpillars. Because mm-hmm. I don't think either of those things actually happen. I mm-hmm. think the butterfly thinks it's dying and I think, or the caterpillar thinks it's dying and the butterfly thinks it was born and they mm-hmm. don't connect with one plane of existence to another plane of existence. Beautiful. And um, uh, it's just, if I didn't know that the chrysalis was connected to the butterfly, I would never guess that. Mm-hmm. And that is just something that, again, I can see right around me in my little physical part of the world is that and i so i think in the in the larger scale of the universe which just you know again is far larger than i can possibly grasp and i think uh that whatever the realities are um whatever i can grasp of them there is there is stuff beyond that is far beyond my ability to even comprehend or imagine Uh, Mm The, the truth is not only stranger than you imagine, it's stranger than you can imagine, um, as somebody said. And so, my goodness, did I actually get into the afterlife? Wow. Yeah. 
That it's the coffee. It's the yeah, coffee but, had me... <laughs> but you know what? What I'm going to say to that because that actually was a beautiful segue into what I was already planning on saying within the course of this interview with you, John, mm-hmm. is you know you were very gracious to have received uh, sent me uh, a copy of Reverie, and I listen to it a lot. I listen to it in the background when I'm composing my thoughts for what I want my weekly content to be because there's Lovely. different. It, yes, and. You know, everything about you is deep. Everything about you has substance. Everything about you, um, you know, you work within the layers and the parameters, uh, which is my favorite spot of abstractness. You know, you're not a black and white thinker. You're very discerning. You're very open-minded. You're here to learn from everybody, regardless of your success Mm -hmm. or where where you sit on the stage of uh, people seeking you out and hiring you or wanting to collaborate with you. And you're very accomplished in your musical career Uh, but what I love about your spirit is that you're always you know you declare yourself to be a student of life and you learn from everybody you see the beauty in the leaves you hear the rustling of the leaves you you know Mm -hmm. you pay attention to things that most people are they're just too consumed by the busyness of their day and their to-do list uh, and the daily grind um, that, you know, people forget that there's, there's, there's basic fundamental gratitude. If we just take the time to pause, to be still and to be mindful of everything that is around us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and and I think because you derive a lot of what inspires you and what innately makes you who you fundamentally are, um, that's kind of the precursor for your success, you know, because I think when you're a deep person who can appreciate all the beautiful intricacies and fabrics of life, call it nature, uh, call it other people, call it philosophy, call it music, you know, I think because you have that adaptation to fundamental gratitude, this is where your music becomes so beautiful, so touching, how it has that ability to affect and to resonate and to penetrate people at the core level. Um, so I think what you're doing to be uh, in the space of remaining true to who you are, both as a human being and as a careerist and as a musician and as a creative, um, you are so synergistically aligned with who you are. And that comes through with everything you say, everything you produce everything you comment on, uh, everything that you're bringing to the table in this yummy interview, which I'm very grateful Mm. for. Um, you know, you're just, you're, you're just a very real, true, introspective, what you see is what you get person. And in today's culture of what people aspire to want to be like, or, um, you know, or the dummy down versions or, or the uh, superficialities of, of things that seem to unfortunately resonate with people. Uh, I'm so glad that you've never bought into that. You've never deviated from being who you are and you continuously show up. And, um, and this is why people genuinely resonate with you, John, because you are the real deal. So I appreciate that. Oh, that's so touching. Thank you so much for, for that. That's, um... It's true. Oh, goodness. Okay, this is overwhelming number three now. Um, I, I don't know what it is. I live so close to the surface with this. I'm overwhelmed by by something so easily, especially by kindness. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just it just hits me like nothing else does by being seen by by somebody being being kind as you're being. It's uh, I get that. Yeah, it's um, 
I get oh, that. But, but I want to give you an opportunity being cognizant of time here, because I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity mm -hmm. uh, and, and the floor here, John. Where can people buy your material? Where can people reach out to you if they want to be uh, mentored by you musically? Uh, if people want to do a gig with you, uh, if people have other ideas that they deem you to be a, a synergistic fit for in terms of collaboration and partnership, how can people reach out to you? Well, um, I can be found at uh, johnparkwheeler.ca. Now, uh, that's all lowercase, and John has no H in it. I got the H out. Mm. Um, J-O-N-P-A-R-K-W-H-E-E-L-E-R.ca is my website, which I noticed the other day is kind of woefully um, not up to date. Um, I can be contacted directly at the same name, uh, lowercase, no spaces, nothing, jail, and there's no H and John. There shouldn't be any way. It's redundant. It's just a huh. <laughs> um, um, it shouldn't even be a letter, really. It's I don't know why it's there. Huh. Uh, so, J O N P A R K W H E E L E R at rocketmail.com. Rocketmail, like rocket man, but mail instead of man. The mailman. <laughs> um, and that would be. Those would be the two ways to get a hold of me most easily. That, and I'm, I'm on Facebook, and I'm easy to find. I'm public. Mm -hmm. um, and where can people get a hold of your CDs? Or where can they, do you have, like, is it on YouTube? Is it, um, like, where? Oh, um, Reverie is available on uh, CD Baby. Mm -hmm. And as far as uh, the hard copies of the CD, which, which are really much better than MP3s, yeah, uh, which is what you get online. Um, I can be contacted directly, and I do mail out right from here, from Eganville, the center of the universe, <laughs> lo located deep in the heart of Renfrew County, um, population thirteen hundred. Um, so I can be either through my website or through email, and I'm happy to mail them out. Um, I will be doing a bit of a blitz on Facebook when. The new album comes out, mm -hmm. um, which I expect to be, I've done virtually all the work on it now, and I expect that to be out by the end of November, just in time for Christmas. Hey, it's a stocking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and uh, I hope to outsell what I did with Reverie. I went solid zinc on Reverie with sales of 15. Um, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> I know, but I'm just turning that over going, that's kind of surprising. Uh, oh, no, no. It, I, it, 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 I actually sold quite a few copies, and uh, which is one of the things that encourages me to um, to carry on. I do have a few of Reverie left, um, and I will have plenty of The Persistence of Trees. Mm -hmm. uh, one other thing I would really like to sneak in if I've got just Please a moment. Please do. Um and this is something that I found out. I, for one thing, one of the things I believe is in the, absolutely, is in the connectedness of everything, of everybody and everything, everywhere in the universe, always. Mm -hmm. there, there are connections, and there's a particularly interesting connection in every living thing on Earth. And it goes back to an organism that goes by the acronym of LUCA, the last mm -hmm. universal common ancestor. Mm -hmm. uh, from about 3.8 billion years ago, um, which has been identified as having about 355 genes which are common. Get this, common to 
every form of life on the planet. Wow. Everything, every plant, every person, every bacteria, every animal, every fruit, every tree. If it lives, it's all connected through that. That's amazing. Oh, that's, that's mind blowing. Oh, yeah. So when so when I feel connected spiritually to to the forest, for example, mm-hmm. there's an actual physical connection there. We are related. Mm-hmm. We we are cousins of a sort. It goes back a long way, but that that just astonishes me that we have that much in common with every single living thing on the planet. All the weird stuff in the bottom of the Marianas Trench, mm-hmm. we're related to that just as we're related to apples and strawberries and and, and coffee. And coffee. Oh, <laughs> coffee. Coffee, yes. God bless coffee. Coffee needs to be as dark and as dense as a dwarf star, I think. It's, uh, it, if, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't bend light, then it's not strong enough. Right, right. Well, I just want to say, you know, John, as always, it's to have you in my realm of energy, to have you in the tribe um and you know i'm not hurting it it's just energy it's you know it's the domino effect what we emit out there is energetically what universally comes back and so again not believing in coincidences this is why we're here and when we Mm -hmm. you know when we connect that to what you've just touched upon very beautifully and eloquently as it relates to interconnectedness and and how we're all interwoven and uh we're all part of the fabric and the tapestry of of this thing we call life Mm -hmm. Uh, for you being a part of my life in the way that you have although it's really crazy to believe that we've not even actually ever met but yet i feel i feel like we know we've known each other for many lifetimes. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I just want to say that, you know, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate who you are and the ways in which you continuously show up, not only for yourselves, uh, yourself, but for everybody else. And so when you put that beacon of light of who you are out there publicly, call it Facebook, call it on your albums, call it with the people that you're mentoring behind the scenes, the people you're on stage with, uh, being here on this interview. I just want to say, uh, you're just such a gem, you know, you really rejuvenate my soul because there are very few people in this world that I know personally, um, who really are a breath of fresh air. And so you are continuously a part of my oxygen sustenance. And I thank you Mm. for that. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for all you do in this world to to make it a better place, and you do. Well, um, you do, too. Well, thank you. You do, too. And listen, you're always welcome to come back here. You have an open standing invitation at any which point that you feel it's timely to come back. Terrific. Whether, whether it be to talk about a new album or another new project, I think you need to write a book. That's my inclination, but that's up to you. Uh, but I just want to say... For everything that you have brought here and you continue to do on the global scale, I really appreciate you, John. And as well to the listening audience, I too want to thank you for taking time out of your hectic schedule for joining myself and John here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm very, very clear on what my purpose is. My purpose is to uplift you, to fear less and to live more. I really highly encourage you to listen to what John has had to say and to graciously impart to the rest of us. I highly, highly encourage that you reach out in whatever reason you feel that there could be potentially a good fit. If nothing else, I highly recommend his music, get his CDs 
and follow them on social media. Again, John, thank you very much. Again, to the listening audience, to the podcast subscribers of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald, I'm here to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Have a wonderful, phenomenal, safe weekend. Love and gratitude to all of you. Take care and all my best. Bye-bye. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.